0: I'm Lana. Thanks for joining me along with my guest, Doug Hilton, who is a writer living in Moscow, Russia. We're going to discuss some of the biggest lies about Russia. What's it really like to live there? We'll also talk about the ways in which Russia, although not perfect, represents a pretty good model for the Western world in the fight against the progressive globalist world order. I expect that I, as a Russian, will get accused of pushing Russian propaganda and dangerous conspiracy theories surrounding Russia, simply talking about life in Russia. So let's get to it. Doug Hilton, a long-term resident and aspiring writer living in Moscow, Russia. Say hello.
1: Hello. Nice to meet you,
0: Doug. Doug, we're going to talk all about Russia since you've been living there for 15 years now. So how did you end up coming to live in Russia?
1: It's kind of funny. It's not necessarily a traditional way of uh, most people probably didn't come to Russia this way, but uh, I had met my first wife was uh, from Russia. We met in the United States and uh, I had decided to come over here um, just for a short trip which kind of happens with a lot of people who, who do come over here. They, they say, I'm going to come over for, you know, three months. They get a three-month visa, and they end up spending half half of their life here <laughs> doing something. It's, uh, especially at the time when I came here, it was, it was, uh, there was really a strong magnetic appeal to the place because it was, you know, just coming after the collapse of the, the Cold War, Soviet, the Soviet Union, and to be an, uh, an American... You know walking around the streets of moscow is just uh you know i was looking for a change in my life at that particular time and um that was like a really incredible change that i had like wasn't really expecting so that, that's to make a long story short that's that's how i ended up here
0: so well, back then i mean this was 15 years ago now russia has changed a lot and we'll talk about that but what was the big culture shock coming from uh, where you came from in america
1: Actually it was twenty years ago that I was here. Okay. Yeah. When I first arrived. Um, the, the culture shock, uh, wow. Um, you know, it's uh, I guess just the lack of the lack of stores. Uh, back then it was just, you know, you had your occasional so called producti, you go in and it was nothing like a grocery store. It was just uh, and everything was behind a glass case mm-hmm. and you you just basically told told a woman behind the, the counter what you wanted. She would write it down on a piece of paper, a long list. Hand you the piece of paper, and you'd go over and pay for it at the cashier. You'd go back with your list, give it to the woman. She'd give you your, your supplies, your your products. So it was just, you know, that. But now it's it's just well, we can get into that if you want to. But now it's just as uh, Western as you can imagine in terms of you know consumerism and the materialism and all that, it's um, its almost out of control, actually. Uh, no
0: I yeah. mean, that's thats a pretty quick time period. I mean, I was also there as a young girl in the 90s with my parents. It was my first experience with Russia, and I found it really depressing, unfortunately, because it was right when the Soviet Union was ending. Exactly, I saw what you mean. There was n- just a couple little stores where you can go get your bread or your meat, and there's mm-hmm. lines. There wasn't really much in the store. I remember girls were just starting to be able to get like makeup and beauty products again, so they all had the same hair color, <laughs> (laughs) Cause they were so excited that they can use, you know, hair color again and stuff. Now, how, how did it rapidly transform? What, what actually changed in the system to, to have such an economic boom?
1: Uh, wow. Um, well, I guess with, with the oil, uh, although you can't, you know, a lot of people like to say that, you know, Russia is just one big gas station with the military, but it's, it's much more than that. Um, as you can see, because, for example, with the with the uh, sanctions being placed on Russia and Russian oil companies and things like that, it's still it's still booming. Um, and it actually worked in reverse as well, because it actually helped Russians to remember a lot of things. They remember, like, for example, right now they can they're becoming masters at making French style cheese, for example, and things like that. Um, their agricultural industry is, is booming. You know, they've got China to the south, which is a huge customer of their of their many resources and corn and wheat and things like that. Uh, in Europe as well, despite all the, the negative press that, that Europe, you know, you, you turn on the TV. I remember one time I was in, in Latvia and I turned on the television and there was a German broadcast and they were supposedly in, in, in Moscow. And when they sh- when they showed Moscow, they, they showed the image of a, an old woman walking down the street carrying two buckets of, of I guess, water or goat's milk or something like that. <laughs> so You know, people have a really bad impression of, of Russia, but actually it's um, it's it's quite different from the perspective that you get on the media. And when people come here uh, and maybe I should also mention, like, I don't know, probably some of your, your viewers may have been here for the 2018 uh, World Cup soccer soccer tournament and uh there were like more than 10 russian cities that hosted this event and i think that was that was one of the big eye openers for a lot of people around the world they, they got to see this place without the you know the, the so-called middleman of, of the western media blur, blurring all the lines in, in reality so people got to come here and they got to see the place firsthand. And it's actually and I'm seeing the pictures that you're showing on the screen. Here. I can't believe that I'm actually living there. It's, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, looks, it looks beautiful. Now, like, now, I yeah. hope that Moscow is keeping some of the old architecture or incorporating some of that because I, I mean, I haven't been there since they've been rebuilding all this. But it seems very modern, which <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of that, unfortunately, you know.
1: Well, you know, you you showed in one of your clips there. You showed the, the modern the modern part of uh, Moscow. And to tell you the truth, I have yet to be there. Uh, I have yet to go into that I've, that part of Moscow. Moscow is just a huge. It's like a country upon itself. You know, it's uh, it's got as many people as New York City, but yet it's it's a very expansive city. It's not so concentrated. Um, so yeah, the Russia. There was a there was a moment when when they were uh, you know following the collapse of the Soviet Union. When they were going through a period, and there were so many buildings in disrepair, and a lot of people were complaining because instead of trying to, to save the buildings, uh, maybe they were tearing some down that they some people thought that they shouldn't. Um, but uh, I think for the most part, they they really they have a deep appreciation for their 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 art. They're very um, they're very cultural people. They they have a, At least I hope that doesn't change. You know with the way modern modern trends are going. You know, in terms of reading and keeping up with their history, I would say that a lot of teenagers these days, they don't even know who, you know, Vladimir Lenin was.
0: Or, oh, no. Uh,
1: yeah. And, uh, but, but you go into, you know, you go into Russian, their, their apartments, and at least this was the case when I, that was another thing that struck me. Whenever you visited a Russian, you would walk into their tiny, generally they had tiny apartments. Yeah. Now it's changed. But, uh, you know, then one thing that struck me was the amount of books. That the people—it seems like every single every single family had—I'm talking hundreds of books—and that just struck me like yeah. I, I remember in my family. I think we had maybe. 15 books, and they were mostly like uh, Daniel Steele. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I remember that, too, because Russians weren't so focused on the television, right? Dumb TV shows. They would get together, they more socialize, they eat together, they read books, yeah, art, things like that. It's it's a was a completely different culture from American culture when I went and experienced that, and I, I loved it, of course. Now, you know, the West, obviously a lot of these really lefty countries in the West, they had no problem with Bolshevism, it seems like they they love uh-huh. Russia when it's communist, but now that it's not communist, man, all we hear about in western media is Russia, 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 in fact even doing this show, we'll probably get accused of pushing some far right Russian conspiracy theory just talking about life in Russia. That's uh-huh. that's how crazy uh-huh. it is. Now, what do you yeah. think about that in terms of uh, the monster that media the leftist media is creating about Russia since you live there? Like what is actually true here?
1: Mm. That's, that's a good question, and uh, I think there are many answers to that. I think one of them is that, uh, one of the reasons is that, you know, in the West, it seems like they are really pushing for the so-called um, new new world order or one world order. And I think they the policymakers, they see that Russia is um, standing in the way of that. And what I mean by that is, for example, um one, one big problem I have with the West right now with, with the United States and I'm sure a lot of your viewers have the same feeling is this transgender thing um, and if you're gonna push if you're going to push this type of ideology on your people and you're trying to make it seem normal um, when you have other countries in the world that have the complete opposite perspective on those sorts of ideas and for example Russia definitely does uh, I would I would feel very sorry for the with a teacher who tried to teach transgender uh, studies, and uh, to kindergarten kids here. Good. It wouldn't be a, yeah. good, it wouldn't be a good day for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think when you have two two uh, this dualistic uh, view of the world, or you know, two competing ideologies, uh, I think that's that's part of it. I, it's not the whole part of it, but uh, not the whole whole. Uh, but I think that's a big part of it that they have to make it look like, like, for example, when, when Putin pushed his, uh, pushed through his, in in the West, you call it the anti-gay law, but in in reality, it's, it's not that at all. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a law that says you can, you can practice whatever, whatever sexual orientation you, you desire, but just keep the children out of it. Don't, don't push your views onto children. And, uh, so you have these competing, competing views of how the world should be. And if, if people in the West, visit Russia, for example, during a World Cup, and they see, hey, things, things can actually be a different way, then that creates a problem for people who are trying to build up a completely different world. And when they say new world order, that's exactly what they mean. They, they mean world. They want this this new system to dominate the world. And countries like, you know, more conservative countries, um, Russia, China, Hungary, you know, parts pockets of, of Eastern Europe, they, they, they view those countries as a source of, uh, of, of, of either source of what competition for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. They they stand in the way exactly of this global, well, as we call it, globo homo <laughs> New World Order. <laughs> right. I mean, basically, really. Yeah, I know when I, you hear all these things about Ru- s- supposed things about Russia in the media and then you actually talk to people in Russia and then you find, no, it's actually still. It's actually quite liberal still in some ways. What what would you say about that? I mean, it's not as I mean, as, Russ- as hardcore. I mean, people think, oh my gosh, Russia is fascism. And it's like, no, actually, they 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 really hate fascism over there.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you speak about liberalism, you mean about in terms of people's lifestyles.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's still pretty laid. It's still pretty laid back. It's it's conservative.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's conservative, uh, well, but not as
0: hardcore as people would think it is.
1: Well, I mean, people have no problem. People have no problems with uh, anybody who has... uh, I'm sorry if you can hear my son in the background there. (laughs) Um, But in terms of lifestyles, people have absolutely no problem with it. And you could see... You could see... I mean, I've seen it many times. Anytime you go into the city, you can see people engaged in whatever being Girls holding hands, men holding hands. I mean, you don't see it all the time. Moscow, too, I'm sure. especially mainstream. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not very mainstream, but uh, nobody's going to bash your head in. Nobody's going <laughs> to send you off to the gulag, I and mean, nothing like that. It's, it's, and it's, and that's exactly what they. Uh, I could quote you an article here. I will, if, if it's, uh, I have it written down here. Russia's anti-gay crackdown. It was written by the New York, in the New York Times, by Harvey Feinstein. This was before the, the Sochi games. And they, you know, they promoted this idea that that's exactly what was happening, that the police were rounding up, you know, homosexuals on the streets and, <laughs> and, 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 and putting them in jail. And, you know, they, they created this fear and they really prevented, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people probably avoided the games because of those types of articles. Um, but it's nothing like that. It's, it's very laid back. It's you walk the streets. I've never felt so safe, to be honest, in, you know, even in my own hometown. Um, walking around Moscow, I, I never feel any any threats. People are—it's a very laid back place, and people are very open to to all sorts of lifestyles. They, they're just—they have one condition, though. You know, just let's keep it away from the children. Let's not promote it on television. Let's not propagandize it. Yeah. So, and I yeah. think it's reasonable.
0: Exactly. Now. <laughs> You've been living over there for a while. I don't know how much American media you're you're reading. It's just a circus over here. But all these ideas of Russia, you know, hacking the election and meddling in American politics. Now, what do you think mm-hmm. about that? And what do you hear? I mean, you speak Russian. You hear Russian media talking about it. What can you uh, tell us about that?
1: Uh, well, I think uh, the, the Democratic Party they, they're just they're just using Russia as like a the biggest smoke screen in the world an 11, 11, hour time zone smoke screen to uh, just basically to conceal the fact that they, they blew the election. Um, they need, they needed a scapegoat. They, you know, they built up Hillary Clinton so much. Um, they built her up. They, all their polls were saying that, yes, she was going to win. Um, so when, when they realized, and I think they even realized this ahead of time that that wasn't going to happen. And, you know, even beforehand, before the results came out, my personal opinion is they they knew it. They knew that Trump was going to win. Um, so that's when they had to come up with some kind of an excuse. Plus, that you had all this, uh, the, the uh, uh, Wikipedia, Julia Julian Assange, she released devastating, very damaging emails you know, by Hillary Clinton. And nobody even thinks to, to ask any longer about those, those emails, the content. The only the only thing people are talking about now is the fact. Oh, it was Russia. Russia. Russia released these emails. They oh, so that now all the focus is on that, and it's. And it looks like it's been debunked, at least from over here. People understand that it's it's not true. I don't know how people think over there about it, but uh, I think there are probably a lot of people who understand that it's just uh, so-called hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Unfortunately, there's a lot of people here that believe this garbage. It's I hear about it. And I see it all the time. Russia, Russia, Russia. Like not a day goes by where I don't hear about or see about Putin in Russia interfering in American politics—it's
1: it's like, so unbelievable. I, you have a billion, a billion-dollar election industry over there, and to think that you know Russia could, you know, by buying a few, a few million dollars, or maybe not even that, worth Facebook ads that didn't even have anything to do with the elections—to think that that's going to sway people's <laughs> opinion one way or the other—it's—it's it's so absurd.
0: What can you tell us about Russian media in general? How is it different from American media?
1: Well. I, I do I do some uh, writing for Russian media here and uh, I can say that I've never had anybody you know knocking on my door in the middle of the night and or handing me a piece of paper and say we want you to write about this it's uh
0: you know they're they're also
1: interested in in getting to to, to truth and finding out uh, you know getting to the bottom of stories and um I think just like any country though everybody every country has a particular uh amount of well, how would you say? You know, every government—they're—they're not—they uh, have—they do have an interest in knowing what is being put out there. Every single country—I don't care if you're talking about Sri Lanka or you know China—every every country has some kind of uh, interest in knowing what's what's being put out there, and uh, maybe in t- to some extent even controlling it. But uh, no, I don't—I don't have any myself personally. I don't have any any issues with it. I've never been.
0: It's not like American media. What is it like a few corporations that basically control everything? And then on top of it, as you know, we have banning, we have censorship, we have Silicon Valley. I mean, it's just a a whole leftist cabal running the show. Uh, I mean, do you see any kind of banning and censorship happening in Russia right now? Of thought criminals?
1: Uh, No, but I I think what you do have, you do have uh, a tendency... And I think you have it. What I think it boils down to is the censorship that people, perhaps, might place upon themselves. The not necessarily. I'm not necessarily speaking about Russian journalists. Just in general, um, journalists understand their environment. Uh, they're, they're they're some of the. I guess you could say what not endangered species, but they are. They they do have a dangerous role to play. And I think each each journalist takes into account where they're living and they understand you don't even have to necessarily have any sort of message handed down from above to you. If you're smart, if you're intelligent and you, you understand, then you know that there are certain lines that you probably shouldn't cross. Um, And it's, I think that's the case in every single, in every single country. Everybody wants to believe that it's a subject that the news industry is this, you know, wonderfully subjective, uh, business, but in reality it does come down to a lot of, uh, uh, I mean objectiveness to a point, but there is a certain degree of um, subjectiveness as well. So
0: sure, yeah, yeah. I've mm-hmm. yeah, I've also heard that they also. Have a little bit of paranoia over something called conspiracy theory. I, I know you've probably been paying <laughs> attention in America, but there's been talks about the the FBI cracking down on conspiracy theory online and trying to shut it down because it's all fake, right? Which we know what this is really about. But how is it over there in terms of uh, people that are, that are researching alternative views?
1: No, actually, it's uh, it's thriving here, and there's there's actually a channel on on Russian television. I think I think it would be fantastic <laughs> if it was allowed to be per, per, if it was allowed to be broadcast in the United States, and they talk about everything, every conspiracy, you know, so-called conspiracy theory under the sun, and uh, you name it, and they talk about it, and it's just I wish when I see this program. I'm, I'm trying it, it, my Russian is is pretty good but it's I, I can't catch everything but it is really amazing the thing the topics that they broach that would just be impossible to, to, to bring up you know because of what you're saying you know conspiracy theories and yeah but as, as far as conspiracy theories go no Russian Russians uh, they they really enjoy you know digging deep into a story and thinking deep about it. they're very intelligent people um and like a lot of people they they have a certain amount of skepticism about what they hear, which is normal and natural. Which is why this whole idea of conspiracy theory is ridiculous. And if they're, you know, can you imagine if our if our if our FBI or our police, if they if they suddenly decided, okay, this is a conspiracy conspiracy theory, we're not going to investigate this any further. It's <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's unheard of. Yeah. No 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 good police officer would ever write off right off a right crime and because of a the conspiracy theory. It's just it just doesn't happen. No crime would be honestly solved.
0: Uh, Exactly. And it's like all all politics is people conspiring, conspiring to push a certain agenda. Like this is what people do. You sit around in a coffee shop uh, and you're you're plotting something with a friend. That's a conspiracy. (laughs) People are so afraid of this. They think it's some some, uh, you know, weirdo in the woods in his uh, trailer, freaking out, watching things (laughs) online, you know.
1: Yeah, whoever came up with that term, they they must have retired with a very good bonus because it's just it's taken the world by even in Russia, you know that they, they they do consider certain. they have to say that they do consider certain ideas that they might they might uh, hold back a little bit if, if they fear that it, it crosses a line, not with them necessarily, but with their Western Western uh, media. With, I'm sorry, Western media partners or.
0: Uh, and, and, audiences. Of, and of course, today is the anniversary of September 11th, right? 9-11. Yeah. I, I remember it. Do you remember it?
1: <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember it vividly, actually. It's uh, it, yeah, I was actually here in Moscow when it happened. Um, I was in a, a cafe here. It, the place is still here. It hasn't changed one bit. A little basement. Well, it's not little. It's quite big, actually. It's uh, called Uncle Sam's. Uh, at Pavoletsky Metro Station, if anybody wants to go there. Uh, and I was, yeah, I was sitting there with a friend, and uh, there was some commotion in the place, and uh, people started gathering around the television screen, and I was you know, wondering. I didn't get up out of my seat, though, I was wondering what happened, and more and more people started gathering around. And um, then all of a sudden, there was like a, a woman – literally scream like scream. She let out a scream. And, uh, it was like, I, I asked somebody what happened. And he said, the buildings, the bill, one of the buildings had fallen. Um, and I remember, I'll never forget my first reaction to that, that comment. And I, I, I give myself some credit for this. I, my question went to him was well, how much of the building is still standing.
0: Then <laughs> nice.
1: I, I, well, I think what that was is it was my, it was like, my God-given or, you know, everybody has a common sense. And yeah. in my mind, it was impossible to imagine that those buildings could have fallen completely down. Like your unconscious and,
0: mind, your spirit knew yeah, it wasn't true. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I, it was amazing to see the outpouring of emotion and passion that the Russians had about that. It, was, it just made me see a new side of them. That you know, you know, People literally crying when they walked in and they heard the news. And, and then now, you know, just a few few short months after 9 after 911 well a few short years actually when we decided to invade iraq all that all that sympathy and compassion that uh, the world had for the united states it just it, it literally vanished yeah you know uh, it, for example you had the london protest millions of people all over the world protesting about it so yeah it just uh, it's just amazing how that was that was wasted that what happened and they used it for such Horrible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: the the 9-11 truth movement is effectively, you know, is being shut down here in America. YouTube has scrubbed any of those videos, people questioning, you know, building seven, all kinds of other interesting factoids surrounding (laughs) the event. It is it is like a no go zone in America anymore. And it's like, why? Well, you know, truth should fear no investigation. Right. But obviously they're afraid of people investigating that for some
1: reason. Yeah. It's it's, I guess, more hate speech or something.
0: It's <laughs> Hate speech
1: against the victims. It, it really is. Yeah. The fact that people can't even talk about it. It's uh it it says a lot, actually.
0: I did want to ask you about Russia, because I see from time to time. And, and this bothers me as, uh, you know, someone who had ancestors who fled the Bolshevik revolution. I still see sometimes that there are some Russians or a faction of Russians who tend to defend Communism or Bolshevism because they had uh, they fought the Nazis, right? Or they defeated the Nazis uh-huh. well with the help of uh, America and England and, and the allies. Right. What are your thoughts on that, on communism and how how people are viewing that in Russia?
1: Uh, well, it, it is kind of a tricky relationship. Um, like, for example, every every year they have their so-called March March of the Immortals which is the most amazing thing to see Uh, literally hundreds of thousands of Moscovites. And I guess this, this event happens all over Russia. They march down the center of Tverskaya Boulevard, which is goes through the heart of of the city. And they're all carrying a picture of somebody, a relative or whoever that they lost in world war II. And to see this march, it's just amazing. Um, And I think I think that Russians uh, and I—I've yeah, here, here you go, right here. Thank you. It's an amazing thing to see. Uh, so the Russians, and you know, look at what just happened in Poland, for example. They, um, they had a, they had a, a mar- they had a celebration commemorating the end of World War II, and they didn't, they didn't even invite the president of Russia. Um, they didn't mm. give him any give russia any credit for it so russians see this and let's face it russia was if, it, if they hadn't stopped the the nazi army in saint petersburg or, which was leningrad at the time if they didn't beat them back all the way to to uh you know berlin who knows what europe would be today uh and so russians they do feel they, they do feel a lot of uh, i don't know how you would say it I don't know if anger is the right word, but in some cases, I suppose that would be correct, that they aren't getting their, you know, they see Hollywood films that portray them in a certain way, uh, so they feel that Russia's not getting their, their due credit for the sacrifices that they made, and let's face it, the Russian people, they they lost more people in that war than any other people. I've, I've heard numbers up to 30 million uh, for, what, for whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it never should have
0: happened, but I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you because... Okay
1: because
0: <laughs> what what Churchill, ha- Churchill. what
1: <laughs>
0: what happened afterwards i mean more red terror and you know nightmares across europe when it came to communism right i mean really the other side was fighting communism weren't they so i don't understand how there could be people in russia who are anti-communist but then somehow they celebrate uh, you know, th- they're communist soldiers and uh, Bolshevik soldiers. I-, I just, I don't get that schism to me. I think it's maybe because they had some relatives who were fighting, so they feel that they have to defend them, possibly?
1: Well, uh, let's face it. I mean, Russia was the heart of the Soviet Union. That was uh, the biggest contributor to the Soviet Union. This this The, the heart of the Soviet Union was Moscow. Um, so they do still look at those contributions as as part of their history russians the russians suffered and sacrificed you know you can call them the, the communists or the bolsheviks but when you get down to it it was russians or as well as other other nationalities that were also within this, the soviet union um but they and it's it's a very long history but a lot of russians for example they're they're very annoyed by the the history that, for example, it took it took the allies so long to actually come to to the Soviet Union's assistance. And when they had an opportunity to, they actually sent their soldiers down. I'm not not exactly sure where Uh, I have to double check my history on this, but they sent them down like into the Mediterranean instead of sending them out to St. Petersburg or Leningrad to help Stalin. So it. Russians look at that. Russian historians look at that as, as uh, the West was basically trying to let the Nazis and the Communists basically destroy each other, and then the West would come in and save the day. Um, I'm not. I'm not a real historian on that, but this is this is one version of the events that I've heard, um, and I do know that there was a huge delay in in getting getting Western aid to to the Soviet Union at that particular time. So, yeah, I think it could be argued both ways. And,
0: and of course, there were bankers in the West who were helping fund the Bolshevik Revolution to begin with and and helping, you know, fund some of these wars. And it's actually some of the same cabal that uh, National Socialist Germany was talking about. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can get into there. And I know that gets into uh, sketchy territory for YouTube (laughs) that we can't even discuss these things openly (laughs) anymore, history and stuff. But I think tragedy all around. Communism never should have happened. And this war with Germany never should have happened. These are brotherly wars <laughs> just but nah. I'm definitely not a fan of of, of communism. We'll, we'll leave it at that and, mm, and I know that, no, that, that you neither. aren't you aren't either um, no. but thinking in terms of the Soviet Union I think from what I've learned and from people who have lived there it actually seems in some ways that if you fast forward later in the, the future the Soviet Union seemed more conservative than some conservatives in the West today i know you were talking about some of the soviet uh, era cartoons that actually weren't even mm-hmm. political
1: right uh-huh. yeah you know, yeah, talking about the cartoons themselves i mean you had a culture that uh, they didn't they didn't promote for example the, the hollywood style violence that uh, has just taken over the airwaves now and and uh, you go to the theaters here now and you have all the the hollywood films and and all that—that—that that, that sort of thing was was non-existent. Although, yeah, conservative. Yeah, I guess I guess they are definitely conservative. Although they didn't have the religion back then, but they still had their their uh, conservative views in terms of just wanting to be good good Soviet citizens, good communist citizens, uh, working towards the the state. Everything everything was geared towards the state. Of course, uh, the state was God. But now you have this revival. You have this uh, uh, revival of religion and churches popping up everywhere. They just built a huge log cabin church right down the road from me. Everywhere you go, you have this this rebirth of religion, which was completely put underground in, in the Soviet period. And uh, it's amazing that it's 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 coming back. And uh, you see that. So that that's that's a good thing to see. And you see, these pictures you're showing are fantastic. It's it really, it's really amazing, and it's not just Moscow. A lot, of, a lot of people say that you know the changes are only happening in Moscow, but it's. Uh, I was just out in Kazan, which is um, it's a, actually a Muslim republic, and uh, going towards the the center of, of Russia, and it's it's very modern out there, very beautiful. Uh, people who I've talked to, I haven't been out as far as Vlad, Vladivostok, for example, which is like on the border of China, but uh, out there as well, lots of progress. The infrastructure is really picking up. They're building bridges everywhere, new highways, new everything, new roads. Um, I remember when I first moved here. And, and there's a whole cultural change as well. You know, the, the Russians, uh, there was a period when right after like, for example, when Yeltsin was in power, it was a really, really bad time to be here. It was everything was just, although yeah, I don't want to put it all on Yeltsin's shoulders because he had a lot to, to deal with. But uh, at that particular point in Russian history, it was it was a mess. And you know, you saw people drinking on the streets. You the, the the transportation people were drinking, smoking in the in the trains, smoking in the buses. All that has completely gone away. You can't smoke in a you know Russian cafe these days. You can't you can't have an open container walking the Russian street. You can't. I even tried to buy a <laughs> I tried to buy a beer the other day, and uh, it was it was like it was two o'clock in the afternoon or eleven o'clock, perhaps. Yeah, it was eleven o'clock. And the woman refused to sell it to me, and I was actually quite uh, happy for. I thought maybe I looked too young, but then I realized that couldn't be the case. <laughs> and uh, here it, you, they, they don't sell beer in this particular region of Was Tula, to, which is to the south of Moscow. They didn't. They don't sell beer before eleven o'clock, and they stop selling after nine. So it's and even right outside my door now. It, it, it was uh, when I first moved in this neighborhood about five years ago. It was it was just a mess—garages, metal garages, uh, just an urban blight. Now it's—it's it's been replaced with. I mean, I could give you my own personal. It, from what I can see, it's really, and from the stories from other people, it's picking up. But to get to your your main point of uh, conservatism, yeah, it's. Uh, I think in general, the Russia going back even before the Soviet period, I guess you could say it was conservative. But yet, it's an interesting place. You still have a very, very uh, high level of spirit. Um, I don't know what the right word would be—camaraderie. This uh, Russians just love life, and when you're here, you really feel it. There's just uh, just something in the atmosphere. They're very lively people, uh, and I mean, you're Russian yourself. You have Russian roots. You probably you probably feel that mm-hmm. um, through your own through your own relatives or whatever. But it seems to be something in, the, in their in their blood. That's why I think some of them, when they do move to the United States as Solzhenitsyn did, actually, um, they have this, like, they feel something that's not quite right. And I don't want to slam the United States. I love the United States. You know, America. Please, you can straight. slam the yeah. United
0: States. <laughs> <laughs> but, Go ahead. Uh,
1: <laughs> but for example, Solzhenitsyn, he, he noticed that that was one thing he talked about in his famous Harvard speech was this lack of, of uh, spirit. And yes, Amer- America, for example, in Western society has all this material goods, but it's like we've Completely forgotten about the the uh, spiritual side, the the, uh, the soul the culture, that, the tribe. Soul, like, you know, I think yes, they, they the, used
0: to have those things, but the more it became a uh, capitalist melting pot, the more that just got mixed away.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, I fear that. I hope that does the same thing doesn't happen to Russia together. with not only the capitalism, well, that's already happened. There's no doubt about that. I mean, communism is. is, is not never going to come back here anytime soon, but uh, as far as like this liberal tendencies, I'm starting to see things yeah. on television that are yeah. that are, I'm seeing worrying signs. It's,
0: it's uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I I worry about that too. I see that too. It seems like that's what capitalism brings, and then it it seems like we're always ha- we just have two options all the time: just communism or capitalism. No, there could be something <laughs> in between, but yeah, I do worry about that for Russia. They're and they're speaking English more. They're getting. uh you know, exposed to Hollywood propaganda, anti-whiteism—is any of any of that creeping in? I, I haven't heard that it is, but have you seen any seeds of that being planted anywhere? Because I know generally I'm, Russians I'm don't a, even think about race because it's—it it is mostly white people there, and they don't even have to talk about it really.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely not an issue here. Uh, but they're you know they, from what I've seen. You know, when they find out that I'm an, a, an American, for example, I have no problems. You, know, you I have some there's some people in the neighborhood who are black from Africa, um, directly from Africa. You know, uh, And they they have no problems. Um, so, no, it's not it's not uh, the, the race thing. It's it's although you do have of course, you're going to have that anywhere you go. Uh, but it's not something that's very obvious here at all to be honest I don't I don't see it uh you have your it seems like I don't know this, this whole idea with the skinheads and things like that that's uh used to be a problem where I haven't really heard too much about that so it's I don't know it, it you don't feel it you don't feel any sort of of, of discussions over race racism it certainly exists I'm not going to try to paint it but they're but they're not they're
0: not talking about hey we need to replace our people with these other foreign populations and we need more diversity and multiculturalism we have to open the borders like Russians don't talk like that right I mean I know it is a no. federation they already have some of that but it is a very large landmass right so I mean it's essentially it could be like a hundred different countries and and people are really separated sure you have some non-European people but they're they're really kind of spread out in their own territories effectively, no, it's effectively their own country you know
1: yeah yeah and because of the soviet union they uh most people who come here they they do speak russian they were they were taught for example people from the uh, central asia uzbekistan tajikistan um you get into any taxi and you're going to have a driver just like in the united states you have a driver from some other place you'll you'll certainly have a driver from from some central asian country but they always speak russian um and you, but you don't know you don't have this you would never have a situation here in Russia where there's a debate over whether or not we should close our southern border, for example. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that sort of debate just would never arise here. It's, uh, n- they would never go to that extent, and uh, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. And hopefully that, that remains the case. Uh, you know, History changes really quick, though, uh, so who knows what could happen. But right now I don't foresee anything like that in the near future.
0: Now, why do you think that Russia represents really a good model for the Western world in, in fighting the influence of the New World Order? I know you brought this up a little bit earlier, but w- what is it about it? And I know a lot of people look to, to Russia as the model. And, and we're at the same time talking about oh, seeing some warning signs about possible liberalism and capitalism creeping in there. We know what happens once that happens. But what is it about Russia that stands out?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, you, first of all, I would have to say that people would have to come here first to fully understand it, um, because when you're here, then you can really understand how normal this place really is. For me to just try to express it in my words, I, I would fail. Uh, but it's you really feel like every, the way that human relations are supposed to be, they are. You don't have any questions between who is a man and who is a woman. You don't have any questions about whether or not <laughs> Uh, kindergarten kids should be taught transgender studies at, you know, the age of six. Um, you don't have questions about can a guy use a bathroom, a woman's bathroom, or the changing facilities. I mean, these these questions are just so, they're so, uh, and of course it could change. I, I understand that. But right now, in this, in, you know, looking at Russian history and their attitudes now, it's so far away that it's like on another planet. And that's really how you feel when you're here, that you are in another, another world men female relations they're, they're the way you expect them to be and it's interesting that and my, some people might misinterpret what i just said is thinking well maybe the women are oppressed and that's why men like it but and in, in fact it's it's absolutely the opposite there are there are so many women uh, lawyers here and doctors and you go into you know a courtroom and you see judges, it's just amazing. So they managed to they managed to bring in feminism without the feminism, really. That's what they've done. Well, and, and any, anybody have,
0: that says, "Oh, these women, they must be oppressed, and they don't actually know any Russian women because Russian women can be very fiery. <laughs> not exactly that oh, that easy to control. so yeah
1: Yes, absolutely. And they have they have achieved, I'm not going to say one hundred percent equal rights, but they really have a lot of, of rights here. Equal rights, uh, you know, women at the top of c- companies and running things, and I've seen it in my own experience, and it's it's good to see. And there's not, you don't have that hatred between the men and the women um, that exists in Western culture. That you f- feel that okay, if a woman's going to climb the corporate ladder, that she has to you know crush fifty fifty men <laughs> under <laughs> her her, her uh, if she wears high heels. I don't know, but uh, to get to the top, it's just it, that mentality just doesn't seem to to happen here, for whatever reason. Um, I don't. I don't. I. I mean, I try to understand Russian as as best as I can, the, the history and everything, and I try to understand how these things came about. But uh, you know, they didn't have, for example, the Enlightenment. They didn't have uh, certain things that happened. Feminism, another thing. That's a big thing. The Soviet the Soviet Union was pretty good about that. I mean, they they failed in just about everything else, but in, in terms of bringing women into things there was like this equality between men and women they're like there was nothing that you know the women men could do that women didn't yeah do, and i know. think ultimately
0: their agenda though was to get women into the workplace to ultimately have less kids or if they did have kids then the state would be raising them you know so i think that they had ulterior motives for that as well marxists in general I yeah
1: um, yeah i don't i don't want to paint uh, Yes, I have to yeah, I don't want to make it seem like everything was a paradise because of course there are lots of lots of drawbacks to that. It's just a shame that capitalism can't also, and it probably has nothing to do with capitalism per se. It's just this this uh, indoctrination that was forced on us, this whole feminist this feminist thing. it's It's uh, amazing how it's gone. and now it's now it's actually in reverse because of this whole transgender thing. you have men participate well, what are they called now, transgender women participating in female sports and it's absurd. Uh, so, insane. And I'm wondering what's going to happen too. what Russia is going to say when they have to when Russian women have to compete against transgender Western men in the Olympics or something like that. Yeah. Is that going to <laughs> happen?
0: Yeah. What are they going to say? That will be interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, you yeah, did
0: mention that definitely. there is a, a renewed emphasis on the family unit uh, that Russia says is very important. Now, when I talked to Charles Bosman of Russia Insider, he was also saying that uh, if you have Five kids in Russia, they'll pay off your mortgage. You get uh, paid per each child, or tax cuts, or however they do it, loans. I'm not sure because they want to, you know, incentivize their a baby boom. What can you tell well, us I better,
1: about that? I, I, I better get to work because I've got a mortgage here.
0: <laughs> yeah, come on.
1: <laughs> I'm behind, Charles. <laughs> um, well, I can, yeah. There's, uh, there's definitely a, a, an emphasis on, and I can just tell you, for example, one. One. This is a minor thing. This isn't actually paying off somebody's mortgage, but it's something that helps. Every once a month or twice a month, I go to a, a clinic. Uh, how would you call it? A, a ho- I guess you could call it a, a children's hospital. Mm-hmm. And they give out. If you have children, they give, they give out uh, yogurts and milk and stuff like that. Complete. I have to get to take a taxi to, to bring it back. There's so much stuff. You know, literally like three or four boxes full. Um yeah, things like that I mean little things that really help and it's amazing you could i can't tell you how many times i've i've called for for a doctor to come to to visit like one of my sick kids or even myself if i if it's really bad news you can actually call an ambulance and they will come here and you're not charged for it um a doctor oh. there's there's still there's still house calls doctors make house calls oh, they love that. come here yeah. yeah it's it's amazing uh so Things like that, and they're they they are doing everything they can to help families. There was there was a a, uh, a program uh, when we had our second child that we did receive a certain amount of certain amount of um, money from, from the state because we had had a second child. So things like that, there yeah, there are incentives, and they do they're really trying to um, because there was there was a demographic crisis here for a while. People weren't having after the collapse of the Soviet Union, it was a disaster. In terms of demograph- uh, demographics, people—you know—suicide was through the roof. Uh, people, alcoholism, and all that. So they were trying to, you know, really try to find ways to to, to boost the population, and it's, it seems to be working. It seems like everything is bouncing back here. Still, I mean, still there are a lot of hurdles. I'm painting a really pretty picture, but I think everything is really on on, on the, the uh, rides here. And I would really encourage your your viewers. To, I think the, one of the best things they could do, if you haven't been to Russia, just seriously go buy a ticket. There are daily flights. I, now I sound like a travel agent, but seriously, it's it's like it'll be such an eye opener for for them. And it opened my eyes to a completely different world, to a completely different way of seeing the world um, through the eyes of a completely different place. That you know, it's really the the mere opposite of, of the West.
0: Yeah, if you want to feel what just being around a bunch of normal white people feels like. A lot of
1: problems. Yeah, I mean they're not. Yeah, I mean like I said, there there are lots of problems here still, and I don't I don't know if Russia's still completely out of the woods yet either. No place is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Now, yes. what about
0: in terms of you always hear, you know, democratic socialists always talking, and they they love their health care and their school. It's always about that. That's like their god, you know. So, what is it like in Russia? Because I hear that they they the government does pay for that kind of stuff
1: for healthcare and for schooling. And, yeah, uh, it's more affordable. They help it, you out. How does it, that work there? Yeah, it's it's really affordable. It's very affordable. Uh, you can. They're combining the two systems. You know, you can if you're if you're really wealthy and you want to go and get top top care, uh, then you can you can pay and you, you can pay quite a lot. You know, they have the for example, the, they have an American hospital here uh, where you you know you can go there and pay quite a bit. But um, there are there are services here that are free. The the medicine is many times cheaper than in than in the West. Uh, You can go to a clinic here with your child, go in, have checkups. And it's I think it's fantastic, really. And in terms of, for example, um, when my wife gave birth uh, the second time, there were some complications. And I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure how it works in the United States, to be honest. But from what I've heard, you know, you could the women are. Could be kicked out onto the street, so to speak, in a matter of a couple of days. Yeah, you know they're trying. They're trying to get them out as soon as possible because it's, you know, of course, very expensive.
0: Turnaround. Got to get more people in those beds. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, for example, my wife was able to stay in 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 the, in the clinic for seven days and very good accommodations and uh, for really pennies to the dollar compared to what we would pay in the United States. We did oh have gosh. to pay. It was, I think it's it, like. It was, it uh,
0: Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Go on. Tell, tell us how much it was. <laughs> I'll compare that no, with America. It was, it was, uh,
1: I, it was uh, I can't remember exactly how much, but it was, It was. we did pay. We went to a, a place that was considered to be really good in Moscow. Um, we, and we decided that it would be worth it. And it was, we got really good, she got really good care. Um, everything that you would spe- expect from a, a Western hospital, we, we received and, and you were able to stay longer if you needed to. And there's no extra, nobody trying to force you out the door.
0: Yeah. I mean, in America, it averages they to have a baby in a hospital and by the time they bill insurance and they pad it, it's it's 10 grand easy 10 10 to 15 grand. You know, and then they try and do all these other procedures. Another thing I like about Russia, too, is that they are skeptical of vaccines, which is very important to me. Uh, GMOs, they're, they're GMO free, which is good. They do a lot of the, more of the old school organic farming. Those things really appeal to me, which you don't is kind of dying out in the West. I mean, in America, they're trying to end uh, vaccine freedom and pushing compulsory vaccines, telling you that you have to inject this poison into your kid if you want them to go to school. And by the way, it's we're not going to disclose a, all the ingredients to you, right?
1: Exactly. It's interesting that you've mentioned. I was just talking about the very same thing with with my wife the other day. And, and yeah, they have they're have deep skepticism. And they actually, you know, when Russians go into a store and they're going to buy a product, they actually still read the ingredients. They yeah. want to know what they're putting, they're putting into their bodies. And another thing that's really interesting about Russians is that they, I guess because of their relationship with um, the way things were in the Soviet Union, there was... Uh, there was a lot of scarcity, so they uh, they became very well adapted to living off the land. And for example, picking mushrooms here—it's it's it's, a, it's become a huge pastime for many Russians, and it's actually a very dangerous pastime. You have to really know what you're doing. Uh, and mushrooms grow really well here for whatever reason. And so a lot of people, you know, they you you could learn that trade. You could they pick berries. They they still they still do their uh, really what do they call it um make their own jam uh jar their own food so yeah those those things that you're talking about like i remember my grandfather we had the so-called root cellar and he had survived the, the depression period and it's those, those are things that i think we've we've you know we're forgetting about we're mm-hmm. taking it for granted that, yeah. that we're always going to have open stores and the, and i guess the russians also are starting to feel that way as well because you do you drive around moscow now and i just can't believe the, the number of of supermarkets and uh, grocery stores. They're, they're just literally everywhere. McDonald's even, <laughs> all those types of places. That's too bad, yeah. It is, yeah. So. Now when
0: you're talking about mushrooms, that's very pagan, by the way. <laughs> A little bit of their pre-Christian mm-hmm. roots coming out. Now are we talking about mm-hmm. like... Uh, special mushrooms <laughs> the uh, psychedelic mushrooms because uh, those are up there right like the the shamanic practices up in russia i never th- i never thought of
1: that, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> the neighbors the neighbors in our at our we, the so-called dacha they call their country homes the dacha um you no know, the people there they they'll uh I'm not, I don't think, although some of them might be picking the more psychedelic ones, uh, but <laughs> they're really, they pick them to, to to salt them to, I mean, each each type of mushroom, it's, it's a real art, to be honest. It's a really in-depth type of hobby if you're going to take it up. And, uh, and you do have to be very careful. Yeah, you have to know really what you're, you're eating. Like in Sweden, yeah. I know it's,
0: I think it's so Yeah, canterrells are really popular. They pick those and they just fry them in butter. And they're so good, actually. <laughs> so good. Yeah, berries, yeah. mushrooms. It's very Northern European to me. That. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like a that.
1: fantastic thing. Fantastic thing. Now, I, I just can't picture Americans. us Americans doing anything like that anymore. Although, I, I maybe you know, do. you hear about the prepper movement, the prepper movement. And there are, yeah, there are people, I think they're starting to understand that uh, Although I shouldn't I shouldn't try to understand America or speak about what's happening in the United States, because the last time I was there was like four years ago. And before that was like 10 years ago. So <laughs> and then, then it's going to be AI.
0: zero years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is going to be my last question for you. Coming from the East Coast, you went home after being gone for four years now. I mean, I was in Sweden for a while and came back and it wasn't even that long. And I couldn't believe how everything was just tumbling into just chaos, you know. How was it for you coming back, you know, after, what, four Uh, years away? I mean, what what were your thoughts? Yeah, it's
1: a whole, it's so funny. uh, Coming to Russia was such a culture shock, but yet going back home was probably a bigger culture shock for me. Um, For example, and I I don't want to speak too badly, really, because, anyways, I'll get to my point. For example, uh, I took a, a, a bus ride from New York, Across to Ohio, okay. Something I will never ever do again, by the way. And I was just, I was literally fearing for my life. I felt like I had just walked onto a a a prison a, a prison transport bus <laughs> taking pe- people from one prison to another. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. The, and I hate to I hate it to sound too disrespectful to people, but the types of people that were on this bus, I just couldn't imagine it. Is low um, end. So things like, yeah, you know, and, you know, you get low end everywhere. But the, this type of low end was so low end that it, it just redefined the whole definition of low end. Yeah. And, yeah, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, in Russia, you get low end, but it's still there's still some intelligence attached to it. And you could still strike up a, a, a normal conversation. You don't feel you don't literally feel like I mean, the bus driver was actually kicking people off the bus before it even took off you know, this type of thing. So I will never take a bus again. I will always fly.
0: (laughs) It is true. You know, when you're in Europe and you go around, I don't know if it's just because they've been isolated and with their own people for so long. You don't have I mean, you're going to have genetic misfits everywhere. But in America, especially, (laughs) you really see this kind Mm of genetic misfit kind of mutant kind of person (laughs) forming. I'm serious. I mean, I don't mean to be mean but it's no. just it's true you see this out of shape people just genetically weird looking just strange yeah i didn't see that in russia i don't see that when i'm in sweden it's like no. these extremes when you come back to america you're like god there's a lot of freaky weird people
1: in America. yeah Aren't yeah it's, it's amazing you could you could literally walk around moscow you know a, a city of i don't know 14 million people you could walk around all day and you could you could never see a single Case of ob- of obesity. I'm talking, you know, severe obesity. Yeah. All day long, you don't see it. Um. So, although, like I said, we're you're, you're starting to get McDonald's here. You're, you're getting all the fast food. You're getting the Western habits. You're getting the sedentary lifestyle. Mm. So, I'm I fear that within you know maybe 10 years, all although Russians they right now they're 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 always thinking about the way they look, their health. It, mm. It's one thing about the Russians that really amazes me is that they do have a lot of they they do consider that a lot. They think about what they're putting into their bodies, and and I heard it's a group thing too. Like if, if for example, if 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 your friends, if all three of the like, for example, if a group of four friends, and your three friends are overweight, then that the tendency for you to be overweight is much higher. So it's I, I think it's more of a group thing. And Russians right now they have their group thing where they're very health conscious and they're they want to. And, and Russians, too, they're very forward. They're very direct. They don't they don't care if they hurt your feelings. Like if you're starting to pack on some weight, <laughs> they will certainly tell you. For, they'll, they'll let you know.
0: Yeah, it's true what you were saying earlier. It's true. You you are who you hang out with. Right. My Russian grandma used to say that, too. So I, I think that is true. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Doug, any last words Thank- for us? Anything else you want to say about Russia? Anything you want to? Say to people who are misinformed or think you know these big lies about Russia we hear about all day long.
1: Yeah, well, like I said before, Lana. I, I think one of the crucial things is to actually experience experience this country and other countries as well. China, I'm I'm, I'm really hoping to get out there to see that for myself, and because the, the media really distorts things, and uh, in in their own way, they they want people to see things in a certain way, and and I think they've really succeeded, and. And you can tell, you can tell they've succeeded because when you do meet people who come here for the first time, you can see the expression on their face like, wow, I had no idea that it was like this. And and I think th- this is actually quite dangerous for the West because people, they'll understand that, you know, people are traveling all over the world these days that they're seeing things with their own eyes. And if they keep trying to promote this image, people are gonna understand that they're being lied to and they're gonna start asking, well, why are we being lied to? Well, why are they hiding this? Why do they? Why are they telling us that this place is so bad when, in, in fact, it's not? And I think that's how we're going to be able to start solving problems in terms of these ideologies that they're pushing on us. This, the trans, For example, the transgender movement and the racist problem that supposedly exists in the United States, which I don't really think does.
0: No.
1: Um, so you, you have these types of things. And when people see that there's another way of living – and a decent way of living that you can't have normal relations between people and it's okay and, and then i think that's that's when that's when people are going to start asking more questions about their own society and and uh, challenging their society more
0: yep it's happening. It is happening. Well, Doug, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's uh, getting late over there, and uh, yeah. just sharing information with us about Russia. It's always good mm-hmm. to connect with people over there. I know we do have listeners over there. Sometimes it's a language barrier, but you say a lot of people are learning English in the schools. Which pros and cons, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they are learning it. Yeah, there are some definite cons to that. They're they're getting exposed to uh, the yeah the Hollywood. Although they don't they don't show the Hollywood films in the in, uh, english language like they for for example they do that in latvia yeah they they show the, the films in the native language they here dub it's, it's russian yeah. they yeah. dub it yeah i
0: don't like watching so. dub films because you don't really get the feel for it <laughs> it's, you know.
1: that's that's true that's although i just saw what is that film uh, once upon a time in hollywood i saw that here a few days ago and i was kind of really hoping then that it would have been in in English because I had a lot of trouble understanding it, but uh, <laughs> so there you go.
0: Yes, <laughs> your yeah, Russians do, they do have words, Swedes have that too, words that describe certain things that we don't have in English, a, a certain feeling or someone doing something or behaving a certain way, it's it's a different way of thinking, but but I like it. I find that it's more descriptive. Russians have a huge vocabulary. I mean, it's a very complex, difficult language to learn. <laughs>
1: Yes, mm. and Russians Russians love to speak about all the different ways they have of swearing. Mm. They're very proud of their their uh, colorful uh, swearing words. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My grandma didn't teach so. me those, but I, I do know, you know, when uh, she would get frustrated, Yolki-polki, right, it's like so, <laughs> it's so innocent, right, <laughs> trees and sticks. And then when you say it in English, it just sounds retarded, but yeah. in Russian it just works. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah god God forbid if you call somebody here a goat or something like that you have to be careful (laughs) never never try to make a connection between a russian and a farm animal (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. all
0: right doug well thank you so much it's been a pleasure
1: thank you Lon. it's been a real pleasure too thank you for having me
0: like my guest says get over to russia and explore it for yourself the white knights are especially exotic In fact, I'd like to get over there and do a documentary about my ancestors who lived through some pretty incredible and difficult times. I know I've said it, but I will keep saying it again. We are facing a time when our opposites are doing everything to shut us down, to prevent us from speaking the truth, to prevent us from reaching you. We need your support. The best way to do that is to head over to RedIceMembers.com and become a member. A little bit goes a long way. If you don't help support independent nationalist media, the only outlets that will be left will be them. Don't let that happen. A special thanks to you Red Ice members and supporters and donators who have our back. Thanks again. See you on the next one.